everyone, and welcome to New Consciousness Review. I'm Miriam Knight, and our guest today is Mark Allen. Mark is an internationally renowned author, entrepreneur, and composer even, and the founder, the co-founder of New World Library, which he co-founded in 1977 with Shakti Gawain. Um, he holds seminars all over California, and he has written some of the most fascinating books about the intersection of business and visioning. Um, some of the books include The Greatest Secret of All, The Millionaire Course, Visionary Business, and today we're going to talk about his latest book, The Magical Path, Creating the Life of Your Dreams and a World that Works for All. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a delight to have you with us. Thank you, Miriam. It's a delight to be on New Consciousness Review. It thank sounds you. great to me. Well, it's been a few years since we last spoke, and when I saw your book in our mailbag, I knew that I had to interview you about it, because maybe it's the Peter Pan in me who wants to believe in magic, yes. but you call your book A Course in Magic. Yeah. So what kind of magic are we talking about? You know, I, I take care at the beginning to say uh, this is a very practical, direct path to creating what you want in life, and you can call it what you will. I basically looked over my life in a new light. The older I get, the simpler I see things. I struggled and was a total poverty case and had a lot of anxiety in my 20s into my early 30s. And then between 30 and 35, I turned it all around. I was a different person at 35 than I was at 30. I, I had a different consciousness, in fact. So I love new consciousness review. I was in a different state of mind, and my whole world reflected that. I went from total poverty to real abundance, abundance I wouldn't have even dared dream about at age 30. So what and was the so catalyst? I, that's it. I looked back, I said, what was the catalyst? And I realized, oh, it was all about changing my mind, changing my thought. And I did some real simple things that did it, very simple things. I am not disciplined. I've never been disciplined. I got kicked out of a Zen center for not being disciplined enough. I, I'm lazy. So the little things I do don't require any kind of discipline of doing every day. Or I, I look back, okay, what changed my life? And I realized you could call it magic. I called it magic. I found a book at age 21 that was all about magic. And that's when I started doing these little meditations, healing practices and things. And so I, I call it magic, but I carefully say in the book, you can call it anything you want. A lot of people have negative connotations about magic and think, oh, there's a dark side. And blah, blah, blah. and I don't even go there at all. But I say, call it what you will. Find your own words for it, in fact. In fact, with every exercise, I encourage every person to take take it and take the idea and change something in it. Change the words. Make it your own. But I do a series of little exercises that I started in my 20s that, when I look back, they've had powerful results in changing my life. So I call it magic. I've loved magic as a kid. 
And I liked your intro when you said maybe it's the Peter Pan in you, but you've always wanted to believe in magic. I loved Peter Pan as a kid. <clears throat> I had a Peter Pan costume my mom made. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I loved the idea of magic. And, and, uh, but some people don't, and that's fine. Use whatever words you will. It all works, I say. Magic works. Creative visualization works. Positive thinking works. You can call it strategic planning. If you have a business mind, strategic planning works, and it's the same thing. It all works. The pr problem is negative thinking also works. Mm -hmm. Every thought we think does have power. So when we, when we dare to dream, and the first thing I do is encourage people to dare to imagine. Five years have passed, and everything has gone as well as they can imagine. What would their life look like? That's what I did the day I turned 30. That's what changed my life. Daring to dream. When you dare to dream, your mind is, when it's going to a place in imagination, is creating that place and putting a, it has a power, a creative power. That's the magic or the creative visualization. We'll never understand how it works. The process of creation will ever be a mystery. How anything is created is a great mystery, but we can set it in motion. We don't need to understand it. I don't understand it, but I set it in motion in my life. We can set it in motion very easily. We dare to dream. Those thoughts have power. All our positive thoughts have power. When we affirm, I am now creating the life of my dreams in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, which is what I recommend, that has power. Your subconscious grabs hold of it and starts moving toward it. The problem is negative thinking also has power to undo the positive stuff. Mm -hmm. So literally when we say, okay, I want to be successful doing what I love. I am now creating the life of my dreams. The whole universe in some mysterious way says yes and shows us the next step to take. But then if our next thought is, oh, but it's so hard to succeed, so few people succeed, the whole universe says, yes, it's hard to succeed for you with that thought, yes. Mm -hmm. So it's really suspending our disbelief. Yes, it's getting the inside right. All the important work I've done when I've looked back on it is internal. The external work is just simple and obvious once you get the internal. Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle said it beautifully in The Power of Now. He said, get the inside right and the outside will fall into place. Yeah. When I look back, that's exactly what happened. I went to a different level of consciousness. I went from at 30 thinking I was a fool with money. I didn't understand business. I didn't know what's going on in the world to thinking money is easy and easy to understand and it comes to me abundantly and I changed my thinking about money and then the steps to take became very simple and clear oh start a company how do you do that oh well, it's easy you go down to the local civic center and then start creating a product okay and the steps out there in the world become very simple and obvious once you get the inside right and and find an effective way to deal with the doubts and fears that naturally arise when you dare to dream something big and expansive for yourself. Well, that's the whole point of your book. It's these techniques for um, 
having this change in thinking percolate all the way down into your cells and your bones. Yes. Yes, it's getting these messages to your subconscious mind. I I have a an image and I don't even I don't care about the the physics of it, the science of it, how it actually works. I just want it to work in my life. And I do know, when I was 15, I saw Hamlet. And I remember vividly hearing Hamlet say to Horatio, there is far more in heaven and earth, Horatio, than is dreamt of in your philosophy. And I remember thinking, yes! And it made me feel um, like we'll never understand. And people that think they know exactly how the world works are wrong, because there's far more in heaven and earth than any of us understand. So we'll never understand how it works, but we can work with the tools, and they are very simple little tools. Daring to dream is the first one. Asking your powerful subconscious mind the next steps to take. It all is a matter of getting our subconscious mind to agree with our dream and to go for it. It's rather ironic that the publisher of New World Library is saying that we will never understand how the world works because all of the books that you have been putting out there for the last umpteen years have been trying to fill in this mosaic of understanding. Yes, but they all touch on the great mystery of it all. And everybody knows who's really honest you know, including Einstein, including all the the great thinkers of, of our history, they know you'll never understand fully. As Einstein said, he wanted to understand the mind of God. You know, and he said the rest is unimportant. Well, the mind of God is obviously vast and eternal and omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient, as three big words we learned as kids, you know all-knowing, all-present, and all-powerful. We will never fully understand the minds of God, the mind of God. There will always be a tremendous mystery. Mm-hmm. But that's what makes life really exciting and wonderful. The other quote from Einstein that you use in your book that I totally love is that we can either act as if nothing is a miracle or as if everything is a miracle, and he prefers the latter. Yes. I love Einstein. His, his later writings are amazingly spiritual. Uh, the, the other one that talk about fitting in well with New Consciousness Review, he said, problems cannot be solved on the level of thinking that created the problems. We have to get to a new level of thinking to find solutions. That's it. That's the solution to the world's problems and our own problems. All our problems were created because... We came from a level of consciousness that the, the thing that created the problems was our consciousness was dominated by fear and a need to control. And that creates a huge amount of problems. We can't solve our problems when we're still coming from a fearful place or a place of anger or fear or any of the emotions based on fear. I the, like yeah, I like the way that you um, relate uh, accessing the magic to your relationships 
in the world. And uh, one of your affirmations is make every relationship a win-win partnership with respect for everyone. Yes. That kind yes. of ties into where you're taking this in your tagline, creating the life of your dreams and a world that works for all. So, right. So, so many of us have these, who are on the spiritual path, have these reservations about wanting success for ourselves. How do you suggest we get beyond that? Yes, yes, I talk about that a lot. Uh, one thing that was really helpful for me is thinking about a great Tibetan teaching that everything has outer, inner, and secret levels. It's like our bodies have an outer, inner, secret level. Every object does. And even concepts like success has an outer, inner, and secret level. And for me, reflecting on that, what a lot of spiritual people do is they want outer success. They need money to pay the rent. That's certainly where I was in my 20s and early 30s. I was always scrounging, a word I use all the time, to come up with rent money. So you need certain things in the outer level, but then we sabotage ourselves internally because, oh, we're trying to be on a spiritual path, and isn't a spiritual path beyond money? I, in my 20s, I saw the movie Brother, Son, Sister, Moon about St. Francis mm-hmm. about seven times, and I, I wanted to be like St. Francis and have nothing to do with money. He gave away all his stuff, even his clothes, back to his father, and he walked out of town naked. Somebody gave him a robe, and I thought, that's what I wanted. I wanted nothing to do with money, but I kept having this problem where I needed money to survive, and this is a dilemma where we have the inner and the outer not agreeing with each other, and it finally dawned on me. For one thing, St. Francis started rebuilding churches and really built a huge nonprofit organization, basically, that supported him. Completely. He worked hard. <laughs> and uh, that took me years to realize. And the other thing is that I realized for myself that the inner, what, what do you want inner success? You want things that are much more important than money. But the money is important too. As, as Kent Nurburn says in this beautiful book, Letters to My Son, that I published and, and love. It's one of my favorite quotes. He says, money is central to our lives. You can't deny it. It even defines who we are in some ways. It's central to our lives, but it has no central importance whatsoever. When I read that, that was like a little light bulb going off saying, oh, yes, that's it. It's central. We need to deal with money. And yet it's not of central importance. We all know that the inner things are the important things. Outer success is good to create, but we know that the more important things are the inner qualities of inner peace and even love and compassion for others. That's what creates a good life. So the two don't need to be in conflict at all. Yes, we want outer success, but it doesn't overshine or it doesn't destroy what's really important in life, mm-hmm. which is how much we love one another. So let's get back to the notion of magic. How do we use your techniques? Give us an example of a technique that will help us create abundance in our lives. Very good. When I was 21, I was in the worst health of my life as I left 
as I left college, and I found this little book called The Art of True Healing by Israel Regardi, and it was really a book about Western magic, about the unlimited power of prayer and visualization. And it had this simple little exercise in there that I started doing. And I've kept doing it all my life because I do it flat on my back, so it's great. I don't even have to bother to sit up. <laughs> I do it flat on my back, a little meditation. And I do a very short version of it often. Often in the day, we can do a little three-breath version of it now where you just, you just take a breath, and as you exhale, just relax from head to toe. Just do it. Even if you're driving and listening to this or whatever, just relax from head to toe. Take another deep breath and just let all thought go as you exhale. And then take another deep breath and just relax within. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're sitting, do close your eyes and become aware of that, of that energy within, what Eckhart calls presence or being. I love the vocabulary. Eckhart Tolle has given us. It's connecting with your presence or being and realizing, oh, that's a field of energy. That field of energy within is the field of magical creation. Another way to just say it is it's just the field of our imagination. And what we create in our imagination can become a reality in our world if we stay focused on it enough. So in our imagination, we can have healing energy go through our whole body and heal our bodies. We can have energy that attracts wealth to us, an abundance in our lives, which is a wonderful thing to do. In Art of True Healing, what he suggests and what I say then in The Magical Path, because I have uh, excerpted almost the entire book of Art of True Healing in The Magical Path, because it's such a short, powerful book. Mm -hmm. He says, you just sit or lay, imagine that energy field within you. You are energy. That's who we are. Every cell is energy. That's what it is. And we're completely connected with the whole vibrant universe. And Israel Regardi suggests, imagine, imagine energy flowing all through you. And then even imagine that energy being kind of blue. Imagine blue light, sort of feel bluish if you will feel blue because blue attracts he says the color blue attracts so if you want to attract anything to your life including wealth you just you imagine you're in a blue field of attraction and then you just imagine these forces being attracted to you in your imagination that's just one very simple way to do it I've often done this, uh, just a little simple exercise to attract more money, and then within a day or two, a check will arrive out of the blue, or something unexpected will happen. It's that simple. Mm. Then but there are other practices, more, much more complicated, not complicated, but just where you literally start asking, okay, how, what do I do to create more money in my life? What plans can I make? What, idea, what creative ideas do I have? And then... You start writing a one-page plan to create more wealth in your life. As you say, this is a course. This is envisioned yes. as a course that takes you step-by-step step through building, if you will, your creation muscles. Yes, I like that. That's good. 
Yes, yes. Your creation muscles. Yes, <laughs> your ability to create something out of apparently nothing. Well, this is what you know. Somebody like Deepak Chopra calls the field of pure potential. Right, right. The field of pure potential. The field of all possibilities. Yes, yes, yes. He so, even says, you know, within within every desire. Deepak says, within every desire is the seed and mechanics for its fulfillment. So it's just, it's focusing on your desires, what you really want in life, focusing on them and keep focusing on them. And then the, the mechanics for its fulfillment, as Deepak says, will be revealed to you. Or I just say the plan. You, you focus on something. Okay, I want to be a millionaire with a life of ease. How do I do that? And you just ask your subconscious mind, what's the plan? How, how can I get from here to there? What possibilities are there? And you, you will be guided. Ask and you will receive. That was great advice. I've often reflected on that, how Jesus was such a powerful teacher. And he said, ask and you shall receive. He didn't say, ask and you shall receive if you deserve it. If you work hard enough, if you're talented enough, if you're creative enough, if you have enough money, if you had the right parents, no, there was, there were no, no attachments to that. He just said, "Ask and you shall receive." If you really believe that, it works in your life. You just start asking, "How can I possibly take my life up several notches? How can I take? How can I triple my income? Or how can I? I want you know ten times my income." For four years, I doubled my income, four years in a row, mm. because I focused on how can I double my income? And I, once I asked that question, I started getting answers. Oh, well, to double your income, you've got to produce something. <laughs> Here are possibilities. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's almost like when The Secret came out, this whole kind of wave of yeah. books and films about the law of attraction just broke upon humanity. And yet, I think there was a lot of misunderstanding about it because you, you thought, okay, you make a vision board or you do your affirmations and magically it's going to, the, the Mercedes is going to appear in your driveway. <laughs> right. But, but the, right. The, uh, the, the, you have homework to do. You have two aspects of homework. One is to have a really, really clear focus on what it is you want. Yes. And the other is to get out of your own way. Yep, yep. And to get off your butt and do something to create that. Right, right. And, As the joke and, says, at least buy the lottery ticket. Yep, yes. Yes, if you want to win the lottery, right? And I occasionally buy a lottery ticket as part of affirming that I'm, you know, a multi-multi-millionaire. I go, that's an affirmation for me. And, uh, <laughs> so I use it as an affirmation. But yes, you must do something. But the steps become easy and obvious. Once you get the inside right, once you really do start focusing on a dream or a goal, you will see the obvious first steps. You, you may not, you probably won't see the whole path you need to take to get from here to there. I had no idea when I started a company how to do so many things, but it was obvious that it was simple to start a company. It's very easy to start a company. Uh, you know, it doesn't take any capital. 
doesn't take money. It doesn't take money to make money. I had no money when I started and no family support. So if you believe it takes money to make money, uh, you're stuck if you have no money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I believe, no, you create in the field of all possibilities. We can all create wonderful abundance in our lives as much as we want. I, I love the way your affirmations have this little clause in them that allows for a limited imagination because you say, okay, I want such and such, that or something bitter. Yes, will manifest. This or something better will manifest or is manifesting is even better because it's present tense. This or something better is manifesting. And also, <clears throat> you are really a man after my own heart, because I love the lazy man's approach to anything. <laughs> so I've always been lazy. That, that's become part of my ideal scene. Uh, <laughs> it, it was really that one little exercise. The day I turned 30, I, I remember this game I'd played years ago. And uh, all it is is imagining five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you could imagine. What would your life look like? And as I wrote it down, I, much to my surprise, because I'd had no interest in business whatsoever. I'd been a musician, an actor, a spiritual seeker in my 20s, and had no interest in business or money. But much to my surprise, when I dared dream my ideal scene, I had this successful publishing company. And I wrote books. I'd never written books and recorded music. I'd always played. I never recorded. Had a big white house on a hill in this beautiful place. And then when I thought it through, too, I, I added, and I have a life of ease. This is my ideal. This is my dream. I don't work too hard. I work only when I feel like it. That means sleeping till 11, because I like to sleep till 11. That means not doing weekends or Mondays. I don't, never did like Mondays <laughs> as a work day. <laughs> I think it's the worst day to start a work week. It's a moon day. People are emotional. And it's a great day to be quiet and reflect and meditate. That's, that is my ideal, to do very little, but be successful. If you dare dream your ideal, it, it all begins with that dream. And if you keep focused on it, the steps to take will become obvious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your focus creates your reality, is a phrase I often return to in the magical path. What you focus on creates your reality. If you are focusing on that half-empty glass or your abused whatever experience and uh, the negative parts of your life and what a victim you are, well, that's, that is your reality. Mm -hmm. But you can tell yourself another story that you are a powerful, creative person. You've been given these amazing gifts. You were born with them, powerful gifts, and you're here to express them to the world. And you start focusing on that. What are my gifts and how can I express them to the world? And how can I be successful doing what I love to do? If you ask those questions, you start getting answers. Mm -hmm. We've certainly had uh, quite a number of guests who are promoting this very theme and demonstrating it in their own lives. But um, you... Uh, have the 
complement to all of this in your book, when you say a world that works for all, there's a quote from the Ethics of the Fathers that I always love to refer to. If I am not for myself, um, who will be for me? If I am mm. only for myself, what am I? And if not now, then when? The when. Ooh, what a great quote. Yes, yes. We can all do something not only to make our lives better, but to make the world better. We can all do something. Uh, even if you don't think you have enough time or money, if your mastery of time and money hasn't been great, then read Magical Path, because there is a chapter on mastering time and mastering money. And But if you think you don't have the time or money, you can still do something to make the world better. You can pick up the trash on your way to work, you know. You can do something you can recycle you can everyone can do something to make the world a better place mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well you um talked about being a musician how did you get from being a musician to to an actor and then you know in poverty and eventually uh <laughs> what what made you decide to be a publisher was it just this visualization, or was there something else? Yeah, it was just the, the publishing was just when I asked myself at 30 what my ideal scene would look like. I was born knowing something important, and I think it's because I had two older brothers. I knew it was really important to do what I loved, because I saw my oldest brother really do what the parents wanted. And he studied business, and but he wasn't passionate about his work, you know? And I wanted to be passionate about my work. As a kid, I remember getting this. Then my next, the second brother in the family came along. He was the rebel. He fought my dad every day of his life. And I realized that didn't work either. It doesn't work to do what your parents want, but it doesn't work to rebel against them. Because when you rebel against something, you empower that. I got that at a real young age, like 12 or 13. And so... At 12 and 13, I wanted to be an actor and a musician. And so I had a band in high school. I was in all these plays. I became a theater major and studied music in college and had a wonderful time. For 10 years, I acted and played music, uh, but I couldn't make any money at it. I was in two different companies. They just fell apart. They kept falling. Everything I touched kept falling apart in my 20s. I had a band in my 20s again, and that fell apart. And I knew it was important to do what I loved, but I didn't know how to be successful doing what I loved. I didn't know how to even pay the rent doing what I loved, barely. And that's where, every, when I turned 30, where everything changed. I, I remember vividly, my 30th birthday, I woke up in a state of shock. I realized I wasn't a kid anymore. Somehow it was cool to be a struggling poverty case in my 20s. <laughs> but at... At 30, I, I remember this voice inside saying, you're 30. You're not a kid. You're 30. Okay. That was a huge change in my life. So I, I literally paced up and down most of the day just looking at my life. And that's when I said, okay, let me do this little game we played years ago that I'd totally forgotten about until then where you imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you could imagine. What would you want? And I, this time, I, I'd played that game when I was 22 during a uh, failed back-to-the-land experiment I did at 22, where we just sat around the fire and this one couple said, let's play a game we play at church camp. 
let's imagine five years have passed and everything has gone as well as you could imagine. What would your life look like? And we all went on the fire. I don't remember a word of what I said, so it had no impact on my life at 22. But on my 30th birthday, I remembered playing that, and I thought, this is important. This is a good thing to do. But this time I wrote it down, and to this day, this is what I teach. This is what I have everyone do in the magical path as step one. Take a sheet of paper, write ideal scene at the top. Imagine five years have passed, a good long time, five years, okay. What would your life look like ideally if everything just went as well as you could imagine? You start with the ideal and work backwards. And that's what spilled out when I asked that. To my amazement was, I have a successful publishing company. I had no interest in business or publishing or in my 20s. You know, the question arises in my mind whether you think that there was a grander plan afoot here. I I think we can look at it that way. And yes, I do. And I believe that it's then true all of us that we are all part of a grander plan. And some of us become aware of it and some of us don't. But yes, I think there is a grander plan. The the opening phrase of the power of now is something like you are here to allow the the universe to unfold something like that you're he- that is your purpose all of us are part of the the unfolding evolving universe we're all here to help the evolution of the species i i believe that i really mm-hmm. do and i say over and over in my book I, when I look back, I realize there's nothing I ever had to come to believe. I never had to make a leap of faith. My program doesn't involve you believing in this stuff. I believe this stuff works. No, there's no belief. Just try this with an open mind. Write down your ideal scene with an open mind. Start affirming. Start doing a few affirmations with an open mind. Start doing a healing meditation where you just imagine healing energy flowing from head to foot with an open mind, and you'll see the results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the first time at 21 I ever did the healing meditation out of the Art of True Healing, I got up from that meditation feeling lighter and health, healthier, and I just knew I knew this had a powerful effect in my body. It was nothing I had to, I didn't have to come to believe in some kind of mind-body connection or that our minds are capable of healing. I just imagined it and saw that it was so in my life. Hmm. So everything I say, there's nothing to believe, but try it with an open mind. (laughs) Experiential magic. Yes, yes. See what works (laughs) for you in your life. Yeah. Very good. One of your chapters is called Time and Money and the Core Belief Process. Yes. And there's a section called Understanding Time and Mastering Time and Understanding Money and Mastering Money. That section actually was a a little book I started to write, but I never finished. But it was just called Time and Money. And it had two parts, time and money. And every word in each part was exactly identical except for time or money. <laughs> and uh, it was a very Talk short book. And, and basically, I can give the whole concept in, in a few sentences. Basically, it said, 
it says, and this is the concept of understanding time and money, where when we look at our set of deep underlying beliefs about time, money, life, ourselves, the world, and everything else, we realize these beliefs are not necessarily true in themselves. There are many, many people in the world that have a very different set of core beliefs and so live in a very different world. So our beliefs are not true in themselves, but they become true in our experience if we believe them. Mm-hmm. We kind of think it's the other way around. We look at the world objectively, we see how it is, and that's what we come to believe. Oh, it is, it's hard to really achieve something brilliant. It's, life is a struggle. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know, it takes hard work, hard work to succeed. Uh, you know, I, I used to believe all that stuff. Fortunately, we can change our beliefs because our beliefs are not true in themselves, but they become true in our experience if we believe them. If you believe you have to work really hard to succeed, then that becomes true in your life. You have to work really hard to succeed. Well, Henry, keep... Henry Ford said that, didn't he? He said, if you believe you will succeed or if you believe you will fail, you will be right. You're right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And if you think you can, or if you think you can't, you're right. Yes. Henry Ford really, he understood it. He really knew it. And and it's exactly true. It's all our beliefs. So it's very good for us to look at our beliefs about time and money and see which ones are working for us and see which ones don't support us and support the ones that are working for us and get rid of those beliefs that don't empower us. And how do we do that? There's a process called the core belief process I learned in a seminar when I was 28, and that's the second half of that chapter on mastering time and money. We basically come down to realizing what our underlying beliefs about time and money are, and it often boils down to there's not enough. There's not enough time. There's not enough money. It's hard to make money. When we nail those beliefs, when we realize in simple words what we really believe and see that it's having results in our life, we can change those beliefs by affirming exactly the opposite, especially at moments of anxiety, especially when those are the best times to change our lives, when we feel real anxious about time or money. Oh, there's not enough. I... uh, There's not enough time right now. I don't have enough time. When we realize that, we start affirming, I have all the time in the world. I'm in in grace. I am filled with grace, ease, and lightness, or whatever words come to mind. Or if it's about money, I don't have enough to pay the rent. Money comes to me easily and effortlessly, abundantly. And we change our beliefs with affirmations. And I just, I saw it work in my life. And I, I've even pondered, why does an affirmation overcome a belief? And the answer I get to that is, what are these beliefs? They're just things we were told. They were and keep words. on repeating to ourselves. Yeah, and we keep on repeating. We were told as children, oh, don't do that. Life is dangerous. You know, D- don't do that. And you can't have that. You, there's not enough. You know, you, you get programmed. We program our subconscious mind, with all these limiting beliefs, and then, lo and behold, that's the world we live in. But we can change those beliefs. I have changed my beliefs. I literally went from scrounging for the rent every month to having this abundance beyond what I even dared dream of. 
Well, I, I know that we all uh, want that for ourselves. And it's a question of, I guess, really convincing our subconscious minds. And yes. it's not, it's not a simple process. Sorry. It's, it's not right. an, e- it's a simple process, but possibly not an easy process because we have so much, uh, back talk and, and, uh, very mm-hmm. to overcome. Yeah. yeah. I even keep affirming that it can be easy and you can do it in an easy and relaxed manner. But yes, it's, it's an ongoing process and it definitely has challenges and complications. Our minds can be amazingly devious sometimes. But clearly the rewards are worth it. So Yeah. One image I had that was very helpful to me years ago was having an inner I, I relaxed and I had an inner meeting with all my sub personalities. <laughs> I had my my inner critic there. And I had my creative child and my critical parent there and and my my inner magician and dreamer. And I had the dreamer stand up and say Look, everybody here, I have a dream, and I want your support. I don't want you undermining it, inner critic. I want your help. I I know you have powerful, discriminating wisdom, and you can help me choose what path to take. And you can tell me what's a good thing to do and what's not a good thing to do. You are a powerful ally, but I want you to get behind my dream. This is my dream. I want to have this wonderfully successful creative life. And that is my dream. And I want your support. I don't want you to undermine it. I don't want you to tell me it can't be done. I believe it can be done. I want to do it. I'm going to live the life of my dreams, and I want your help. And I literally felt like getting my inner critic to support my dream rather than undermine it. Good for you. you. Um, I understand that you have come out with a number of CDs and you're about to come out with a, a new one. Uh, are you, is your life kind of coming full circle to where you started as a musician? Well, uh, in some ways. I mean, when I started the publishing company, we did books and music. And uh, we did a couple vocal albums, one of spiritual songs called Seeds and one of romantic songs called Evening Song. And they, they did pretty well. And then I did an instrumental album called Breathe that's still out. And that we started to sell. That was the first thing I created that started to really do well. We sold about 60,000 albums, mostly in metaphysical bookstores. And that helped finance my publishing company. Really? Yeah. The music was the first thing to really start doing well. And and we did an album called Breathe and an album called Petals. And then then I published a book called Creative Visualization. It was the fourth book I published. The first three were mine. And they started selling okay. But the fourth book I published was my girlfriend at the time was Shakti Gawain. And the book was called Creative Visualization. And suddenly we had a word-of-mouth bestseller going for us. And that really helped launch the whole company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So can you give us an example of, you know, maybe uh, some magical passages that uh, you want to share and leave with our listeners? 
Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, yes. Yeah, throughout the book I have in bold letters what I call magical passages, and then I even I summarize them all in the end, just say magical passages and just say, and I suggest that people just print them out and put them on the wall. I just need to look around my home or my office to see all of these quotes. For years I've done that. I've, I've taken inspiring phrases and just put them on the wall. I think the first thing I did it with was in my mid or late 20s, I, I found As a Man Thinketh by James Allen which I then edited and published later as As You Think. But I took a phrase from that and put it on my wall in big letters. And the phrase is, you will become as great as your dominant aspiration. If you cherish a vision, a lofty ideal in your heart, you will realize it. Mm. I love that. I love the authority of that. Mm -hmm. And I think the key word is dominant aspiration. Keep that aspiration dominant. Don't let your doubts and fears and inner critic undermine it. That's and, and also to permit yourself to have the grandest vision of what you can be. Yes, yes. Another favorite quote of mine is, it's in the shape of a pyramid. The words make a big pyramid, and it's just you at the top. You are a unique, creative genius capable of realizing your most expansive dreams in life and fulfilling your true purpose, moving up and helping others move up the pyramid of human consciousness to self-actualization and fulfillment. That's been on my wall for years. I love that one. Uh, the, the sort of baseline mantra or, or affirmation that you use all the time is um, in, involves this easy and relaxed manner. Can you give us an example of one of those? Yes, yes. In my late 20s, I read a couple of books of Catherine Ponder, a Unity Church minister, and that's where I got this phrase, and that's where I, I learned a lot about affirmations, and she suggested on every affirmation, tacking on the phrase, in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way. And then you see your affirmation. Sometimes she even added, in its own perfect time for the highest good of all. So to this day, I carry around a list of my goals and dreams as affirmations. And they start then in big, bold type, in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, in its own perfect time for the highest good of all, dot, dot, dot. And then I have all my goals. My first one is spirit flows through me every moment with its healing energy. I am guided by spirit doing God's will. That's my first goal. Then I have very concrete goals in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way. New World Library has sales of over blank million and profits of over Y million. I, won't use exa I have exact numbers here. <laughs> and, and in that an easy and relaxed manner. So, and I affirm that. I carry them around with me and affirm it. And well I've, done. Well done. In my, my last one, my wife chuckles, but I have, in an easy and relaxed manner, in a healthy and positive way, my marriage and family life and times alone are sources of great joy, grace, ease, and lightness. I just affirm my marriage is filled with grace, ease, and lightness. I keep affirming it. Mm -hmm. The word affirm means to make firm, and there is a power 
in our thought there's a power in spoken word and a power of written in written word well everyone you've heard it here the magic of the spoken written and thought word so mark where do people go to find out more about you and about new world library uh, we each have a website there's markallen.com m-a-r-c-a-l-l-e-n.com and that'll tell you i'm just posting a new uh, seminar series and there's newworldlibrary.com, newworldlibrary.com, which has all kinds of good things, all kinds of blogs, and um, you know all our new books, all our books. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, you you also have a special offer offering uh, discounts for people who buy through the website. Right, right. They can get a. Uh, yeah, and, and if they yeah. sign up on the mailing list, then we, we mail them. Sometimes they get even a better special offer at certain times. Uh, okay, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, it's been a delight to uh, walk this magical path with you. Um, Mark <laughs> Allen, author of The Magical Path, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you, Mary. My pleasure. Next week, our guest will be Sandra Sneed an industrial science and technology writer discussing her book, What to Do When You're Dead. Intriguing, yes? In the meantime, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, ncreview.com, where we have lots of goodies for you. And now we're going to close with our track of the week by today's guest, Mark Allen, called Sweet Surrender.
Surrender by Mark Allen from his upcoming album, Seeds, soon to be available on iTunes and through the website watercoursemedia.com. That's W-A-T-E-R-C-O-U-R-S-E media.com. Well, that's it for today. I hope you'll join us next week. And until then, I'm Miriam Knight for New Consciousness Review. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. 